gift. <laughs> Pittsburgh? Let's get it. Let's go. Four, one, two. Check, check. If you steal a gang, then you bang, 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 bang. If you with the team, then you gang, bang, gang, gang. If you steal a gang, then you bang, 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 bang. If you with the team, then you gang, bang, gang. Still a nation, what's going on? It's your man Cav Easy here. It has been a while, and within that while, oh my gosh, the type of turnaround this season has been. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy enough they expect it. What am I talking about? The Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe, is six and two in their last eight games. After the bye week. These guys was able to put it together, not all the way together as far as the offense scoring a lot of points, but the team as a whole collective putting themselves in positions, you know, shout out to the coaches and the players to actually win games. The young guys on offense the past two weeks against the Raiders and against the Ravens. The young Kenny Pickett was able to throw two game-winning touchdowns, two of them. One the uh, GP against the Raiders, and one to Najee Harris against the Ravens. Now, me, if I had to pick one of the two, I would have to go with the one to Najee because the play broke down. Kenny rolled out to the left, dodged the defender. I don't know who the defender was. Uh, don't matter. They lost. Um, it did not. He, I guess I, I want to say he he told Najee to make another move, or Najee took it upon himself to make another move to go towards the end zone. And Kenny took the opportunity to throw it to Najee when the defender was had his back to him. And shout out to Najee for making the grab. It's a lot. It's a conspiracy theory about that, though. It's definitely a conspiracy theory about that, because there's people that saying that Sims was the intended target, but I think those people don't really know what was going on. They can't even break down the play. Because if you do break down the play and take a look at it, you can definitely tell he was going for Najee. It makes sense. Sims was his back there, you know. And if Najee didn't get it, Sims probably would have got it on a bottle, you know, uh, tip drill type thing. But, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers maybe uh, may go to the playoffs. Granted, need some help, need some help. And with the Bills game, the Bills versus the Bengals game not going through um, after the tra tragic incident with – Demar Hamlin, Demar Hamlin, I believe I said his name. If I said his name wrong, I truly apologize at this moment. Um, it's early, and it's early, right? We collapsed on the field. They had to bring the ambulance on the field. CPR was performed. It was the world stood still at that moment. Um. It was tough to figure out what was going to go from there. And the good thing about it is, is that he was able to, at this moment right now, he's recovering. 
and also how the NFL world kind of held hands with each other and was able to come together. You know, you saw how strong the brotherhood was. Um, I know in the past, or, you know, even as early as, even some people might still think so, that NFL players don't stick together. You can just dangle certain things in front of NFL players and they'll just give up whatever. Um, I felt like that incident, the way that they approached it, because I honestly believe that the NFL was going to make them play that game to finish that game out. I just believe it. I just believe it. But there is a chance that we get in, man. Uh, throughout this whole growth period, this rebuilding year, that's turned into just a reload year <laughs> at this point. The team really has a chance to make the playoffs. And by making the playoffs, that will mean that the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, yet, well, in Mike Tomlin's career, avoid another losing season. And the Steelers were extended, I believe, the 18 straight seasons. 18 or 19 straight seasons. That is remarkable. It's a lot of fans out there that look at that and say, oh, that's just a regular season thing. You know, I had it's a few that even try to that's trying to compare the Steelers to I mean, excuse me, Mike Tomlin to Marvin Lewis. Where Marvin Lewis would be so good in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you just knew you just knew something was gonna happen. Now, for those people, I would like to tell you, shut up. Because it's not the same, right? Mike Tomlin literally is taking a team that's his team's overachieved. Now, if you want to blame Mike Tomlin for certain teams, I would say maybe that killer B era. Maybe. But every time we got close to the playoffs, something would happen to one of the main factors of the team. And, you know, I'm not going to say no names, you know, because I'm not going to try to displace blame on anybody. But someone in significance to the offense or, you know, maybe a few defenders was getting hurt at times where we didn't need them to get hurt, right? And, you know, injuries are part of the game. But we wasn't over we wasn't able to overcome most things. You know, people point out the loss to Jacksonville with David Garrard, um, the Tim Tebow, which was literally, you can't blame a coach for the Tim Tebow play. Um, rest in peace to the late uh, uh, D. Thomas. He just beat Ike Taylor. He beat him bad on that route. He cooked him. You know, Mike Tomlin didn't play uh, corner on that play. And salute to Ike, though. But that's that's just what happened, you know. It is not like guys are getting smoked. Yeah, yeah, some games we did get smoked, but understand in the playoffs, we weren't supposed to be there. Mike Tomlin really makes teams overachieve, and it's to the point where, and this may be a fake. This may be fake, and I'm only saying it because I happen to see it. <laughs> you got players on other teams using Tomlinisms. 
That's what you have. You have other players on other teams using Tomlinisms. The isms, man. Come on, yo. Gotta get it together, y'all. Gotta get it together. The anti-Mike Tomlin group, they all have a lot of things in common. But one thing they got in common that I'm willing to talk about right now is their lack of knowledge of the game of football. Their lack of knowledge of the business of football. I don't know what they think. They need they need a, I don't know. Maybe they only know college and and I don't even know if they know college. They just got people that say, yeah, you know, they they're I would like to class them as the I don't like them either. You feel me? Like they're those type of people. I don't like it either. You know? Sit back, shut up, and just let the real Steeler fans educate the rest of the NFL fans on about our uh, about our coach. Because when you guys talk and tweet and have your shows, you look like you just hate the guy. Your points don't be too valid. And you always repeat the points. Find something new, y'all. Find something new. Because especially the crew that says he had Big Ben for all those years. Okay. So when we had the example when we didn't have Ben, what happened? What happened? No losing season with Duck and Mason at quarterback. Come on, man. And and guys, understand, we get on Matt Canada pretty hard. But Randy Fittner wasn't no better. Remember that. We haven't had a, a good to great coordinator since Todd Haley. And it's crazy that we're saying Todd Haley at this point. Now, I'm saying Ty Haley at this point because there was a lot of complaints about Ty Haley. By the end of the day, Ty Haley's teams were able to score more than 30. But my only thing about the Ty Haley era is that he was brought in to protect Ben. But as the offense got more loaded with explosive players and uh, dynamic players and legendary type players. Unfortunately, we should have let him go then, Todd Haley then. And to, in not my opinion, shoot, should try to get Bruce Arians back. But I doubt that was going to happen. But someone that was aggressive with their play calling, because that's what that killer B era really needed, especially when one of the guys got hurt. When one of the key guys on offense got hurt, it kind of crippled the offense, and we didn't also we also didn't have great depth depth at certain positions when a, when one of the big key factors got hurt. And I believe since the Killer B era, we've been doing that. We've been getting guys like if the starter goes out, the backup is capable, and even to the point where the third man may be capable. Perfect example is a guy named Robert Spillane. He's the third guy, but he's playing 100% of the snaps in a couple of these games. He's playing more than 70% of snaps in some of these games, but he's the third guy. 
the third guy. You know? So I feel like over time we was able to correct that. We was able to focus on having depth in certain positions. Um, also remember, guys, this team is very young. Maybe the youngest team in the league. I think Cam Hayward kind of messed it up a little bit. But <laughs> but um, definitely the offense has to be the youngest offense in the league. And just look at the firepower, guys. We're starting to see Kenny come into his own. I won't. I don't. I don't even want to say he's coming into his on his own. Uh, it's just that he's starting to really put these things together. He had a big problem turning the ball over in his first couple of games. And let's not act like Kenny started the whole season. He was the in training camp. They said Kenny's going to be the guy. Kenny really had to come in in that Jets game, I believe. And learn on the fly. Learn on the fly. Learn how to be a pro on the fly. You know, a lot of people was bashing him, saying, yo, man, he's he's 24, 25. He's an old rookie, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, he's still a rookie in the NFL, a game that's much faster than college with better athletes than college. Okay? Okay. That's that. Then, you know, we had Najee, who was banged up since training camp. Took him a while to get to get his footing together. Um, noticing that he's reading what's available to him better. And having a Jalen Warren that's, I want to say, as good, but very, very, very capable to be, of being a starting running back for this team. It's extending Najee's health, his career, and Najee's the type of running back we need in this time of the year. That's what we need at this time of the year. A big guy that's going to run you over, try to throw you into the ground, or may jump over you. May jump over you. All right? And having a Jalen Warren that is a different type of guy. And I, you know, this may be a, a thing that happened, you know, a long time ago and stuff like that. But I always felt like this formula was followed from the Titans' Chris Johnson era. In the early Chris Johnson era, the smash and dash with him and Liddell White. Now, you could probably pick another tandem before that. Um, and I actually kind of can't. I kind of spoke too too fast. When, you know, we had Jerome Bettis and Willie Parker, just to keep it stellars, you had big old Jerome, and Jerome wasn't the starter um, the year that we won the Super Bowl against Seattle. Willie Parker ended up getting the job because Jerome and Ducey got hurt. So Willie Parker came in fast. Willie Parker, you know, came in, took the job because he was fast as hell. But with a fast as hell running back, when he came out the game, here come bus. Boom, boom, boom. Different type of running back. Now you tired as hell as a defense. Now you got to put up with this big ass guy, right? Now with this tandem of Najee and Jalen, Jalen is... I don't want to say he's fast, fast, but I like to say that he's very explosive. Where Najee, I feel like Najee with his most damage, like once he get five yards in, it's just a wrap. 
is I don't want to say a home run rap, but it's a rap as far as just getting him down right then and there. He's going to drag you for a couple yards, right? If not, break a tackle and get some more yards. Jalen Warren reminds me of James Conner in a way where he's not fast, fast, but he's very explosive. Where if the hole is only open for about three seconds, he's not going to stop and read it. And that's no knock to Najee because, you know, it's just a, a talent thing here where Jalen Warren is more explosive, where he'll hit that hole, no questions asked, because he'll be able to get there. Where Najee is like, it may not be there by the time he gets there, right? And that's no knock to Najee at all because his style, that's what his style says. The offensive line just has to open the holes and keep them open longer and not just try to turn guys, right? And I give the offensive line credit because, number one, just the durability over the year. I believe that this is, the all, we, this is the only offensive line that I feel like started every game or most of the games together, the starting five. And as far as run blocking, guys got better, you know, as a unit. The unit got better. Are they the best? No. Do I feel like this is going to be the same team as next year as far as the offensive line? No. I feel like there's certain opportunities we can use to get better at certain positions. Maybe a tackle. Maybe a guard. Maybe a center. Lee Dawes is going to point somebody out? Nah. Because I don't want to do that, and they the guy next year, and they turn up, and I'm like, oh, I got to eat my words. I got to eat my words. Because offensive linemen, man, you just never know. You never know. Um, some might turn elite. Some might just <clears throat> wet the bed. But the offensive line got better, which helped the running game, which helped Kenny uh, not have so much pressure on him, right? And that's what you need from a rookie quarterback. We couldn't. I feel like today's NFL and NFL fan expect way too much from a rookie quarterback. Seeing guys, certain guys come in and uh, pretty much take over year one or have crazy year one years. Y'all got to remember, the guys that y'all are trying to compare Kenny to in that regard, first of all, they were either the number one to five pick. Meaning, coming out of college, people thought they was going to be day one impactors. Day one impactors. But Kenny was taken late, and no other quarterback was taken in the first round. So basically, if we didn't pick Kenny, Kenny wouldn't have been the first round pick either. Kenny over time, was able to put that thing together. Offense was able to put it together. And the offense as a whole is growing. You have guys like, you know, Pat Frymuth, who's, I can say, a top six, top seven tight end right now. Maybe higher. But Pat Frymuth, you have Deontay, who I feel like is... Very underrated, and I feel like 
he don't get enough credit as he does blame. He like, yeah, he has trouble with drops every now and then. But you cannot deny how Deontay Johnson gets open so fast. If you actually watch film, the film, just watch Deontay run his routes, especially the quick ones. You have to appreciate something like that. And the fact that he doesn't have, you could say, yo, Deontay Johnson is our number one receiver and he doesn't have a touchdown this year. You would think that we will be owing whatever, you know, have a terrible record. But the offense is young. And these guys are doing what's necessary to try to win the game. George GP, I'm sorry, I was about to say his name, but GP, George Pickens, for those who don't know. Matt Canada, 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 was able to put him in position where he's effective in the game, whereas now we're not just keeping him on the outside and expecting Kenny to do damage with him out there, especially when you have Deontay getting open so fast and you have Pat Frye moving in the middle of the field, right? So throwing GP in the slot was effective. We've seen it in in a few games. Also, Steven Sims, just the impact he's making as the third guy, because we traded Chase Claypool only Stephen A. Smith felt like we should have kept Claypool. When you look at what Claypool's doing over there in Chicago, I don't know what to tell you. It ain't looking too good. And I don't believe that's all on Chase Claypool. I honestly feel like it's like a it's like a it's like a great receiver playing with Lamar Jackson, right? That great receiver may not be too great anymore. Or a good receiver may not be too good anymore just because of the style of the offense, right? And I feel like the Bears is just another one of those. Um, I believe it may have been a game where Justin Fields had more running yards than passing yards. You know, don't quote me on that. (laughs) But it seems like that, right? So Chase don't really have a chance out there. Chase isn't (laughs) – I was about to say Chance is chasing all uh, opportunities out there, but his name's not Chance. But – you see the young offense get better and better and better. And granted, we at the end of the rule here. This may be the last game against the Browns. It may be the second to the last game. <laughs> you know, or it may be the third, you know, the second, third, fifth, whatever, fourth. It's not too many games. I just I just OD. But um the offense is making strides and I saw somewhere today, right before I started this pod, that Mike Tomlin and GM Omar Khan, and if I said his name wrong, my fault, I, I remember his name like one time. Like I only saw his name one time, and we don't even see him. Like we know Kevin Colbert. We might actually hear from Kevin Colbert. We might actually see Kevin Colbert. But we don't really see Mr. Khan like that, right? He's like a Leon Rose. Shout out to my Knicks fans out there. Uh <laughs> I heard that they're going to sit down with Kenny and talk to Kenny about the future of Matt Canada. Now, me personally, I think it's time to get rid of Canada, Canada, Canada. But I will give Matt Canada, Canada, prom- I mean, props for 
getting better at what type of plays to use, what type of like different type of ways to get guys open. Now, it's not resulting into big points. And when you look at the Najee's, Jalen Warren's, Pat Fry move, GP, Deontay Johnson, Sims to some degree. I don't even want to say some degree. I feel like that's shortchanging them. But Sims, we should be putting up way more points than what we put up. I'm not asking for 40 a game, but we should at least have a few 30s with that type of talent, right? And it just hasn't been that way. It hasn't been that way. And I think that is going to be the reason Matt Cannon is out of here. I don't think two or three games, a two or three game stretch of better offense was enough to help him for a year in that, almost two whole seasons of bad play calling. You know, it was so bad that we have to go back and think, dang, did we put too much blame on Ben last year? Nah, I can't say we, because it was kind of divided on that. But could have could Big Ben played this year and we had a better record? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not thinking about that. You shouldn't either. Um, Kenny Pickett is solidifying himself with, this, like, with the gorillas out there. You know the champions out there, with the with the warriors out there. You know, he's solidifying himself. He's showing flashes of eliteness, showing flashes of. Oh, I'm glad he's on our side. You know, so salute them. Salute to the young offense, growing, growing, growing as a collective, and coming back next year. If it's under a new coordinator, we're going to have GP. I mean, not GP. We're going to have KP and GP basically, basically tearing the league up. And also Deontay, because Deontay's going to have a way better year next year. And um, and salute to, you know, salute to Deontay for his leadership, man. Um, I feel like Deontay was probably forced into that rule. And instead of running from it, he embraced it, and you see him getting better and better and better. A guy, he, the guy doesn't have no touchdowns. A receiver, the number one receiver has no touchdowns. You think he'll be okay? You think he'll be all right? Deontay had to, Deontay had to grow real fast this year to be one of the leaders on the team, and he did that. And and honestly, my opinion, that all comes from the teaching and the knowledge and the just the way he go about things. That comes from Mike Tomlin. You can't tell me nothing different. That comes from Mike Tomlin. So salute to Mike Tomlin. Salute to, <laughs> you know, salute to Deontay Johnson. But let's flip it. Let's flip it. Because it's another guy, the guy on the defense, that if he never got hurt, we probably would have a better record. And I can agree. I can agree because even when he came back, I think TJ is starting to get it together again. It took a couple of games. Now he's, you know, he had a, a sack, probably a few sacks. Uh, you know, he made some plays. 
But he's doing and his presence is good enough for the defense to kind of thrive. And one thing I noticed, yeah, our record for leading the league in sacks is going to be over. And rightfully so, because our top dog missed a whole lot of games. A whole lot of games. But to look and see that our defense, I believe, is tied or number one in interceptions, that's dope. Because my era of Pittsburgh Steelers, outside of Troy Palomalu, ain't nobody was really getting picks like that. Nobody was really getting picks like that. Ike Taylor had hands of bricks. Salute to Ike, because I feel like that's the second shot I made. And then it's not even a shot. Like, Ike is cool. Um... You know, we had the DeShay Townsends that made a pick every now and then. Um, not too many linebackers was making picks like that. It was just Troy. Troy. Maybe maybe Ryan had one or two. <laughs> you know? And this year, you see guys like Killer Cam Sutton, TJ, <laughs> Minka, and who, who's leading the charge. And we're going to get into Minka in a second. You have everyone contributing in some way. And it's a couple young guys making names, not necessarily making names for themselves, but it's a couple young guys that's contributing well to the defense. The D-line, having Larry O has been very good. Granted, the we had a few games where our run game was our run defense wasn't too good, but when the guys is with us, when the when the front guys the the linemen they're healthy, out there ready to go. Guys put up better performances in the running department. The linebackers, I feel like the linebackers, especially the middle linebackers situation, having about. Four guys capable of playing middle linebacker, maybe five for real, because sometimes Terrell Edmonds want to come down there and act like a linebacker, which he probably can. You know, if he wanted to, he probably can turn into a linebacker. I ain't going to hold you. But having four guys, Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, and Mark Robinson, you're able to do so many things, especially when all of them is a little different, right? Miles Jack, you could probably say, is the best one, the best middle linebacker. You know, he his only issue was dealing with injuries in the middle of the middle to middle of the late of the year. Also, Devin Bush. Oh my God, Devin Bush from Michigan, man. Uh, I think that injury. Really, 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 really uh, changed the trajectory of his career. Granted, I felt like he can probably have a better career elsewhere. I believe him sustaining that injury, it affected the way that we want our line. Like, the way that he plays now. It's not the it's not really designed for our defense, right? You have to be able to bang. You have to be able to fight off the linemen, get off them blocks, you know. And 
I would say the majority of the time, Devin Bush is not winning those, not winning those plays. But I like that Devin Bush didn't quit, you know, and he is he was getting a little better towards this point of the season. But when you have Robert Spillane, who his only real real real, real issue is covering a fast guy or covering someone of significance. But other than that, Robert Spillane is not scared to hit no one, nobody. And when you hear, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and you ask any Pittsburgh Steelers fan, what's your favorite Robert Spillane play? I would say nine times out of ten, it would be his stop on Derrick Henry when he cracked Derrick Henry for no gain. I think it was a fourth down against Tennessee. Robert Spillane, when you hear his name, you think about plays like that. He will he's one of those guys that will I don't wanna excuse me if I offend anybody, but die for the cause. Right? That's Robert Spillane. Then you have Mark Robinson, who used to be a running back. Now as a linebacker, he's still kind of learning it, but he's one of those downhill guys. And it's kind of like when I see him make certain plays, I think about Lawrence Timmons. Now, I'm not comparing him at this moment because he's not playing enough, but I see the potential of that. The potential of that. Now, we don't know how he is in coverage and stuff like that. Um, Need more tape. But as far as stopping the run and getting his nose in there, there's no issue there at all. No issue there at all. So we have four middle linebackers that's capable of making things happen. Now, I feel like the most underrated guy, and hold on, before I even finish with the linebackers, let me go back to the D-line. Cam Hayward, the old head of the team, It's amazing how well he's still playing. Now, the production isn't the same when he's double teamed, but please don't put him on one-on-one versus anyone young or anyone that can't hold their own without help. Please don't do it because Cam will fuck you up. Fuck you up. And that's what he was doing this year, man. Especially in certain moments, I believe, I would like to say that Ravens game might have been one of his best. The Raiders game was solid, too. I may I may have it flipped. But Cam Hayward was so dominant. And then the fact that Cam Hayward is up there in age in NFL terms, right? And still doing his thing. And me personally, I feel like elite defensive linemen are actually better in their 30s. I feel like they're better in their 30s because it's just like they're, the game slowed down for them and they're strong as hell still. <laughs> you know, or, you know, they maybe uh, know a few moves that will work. So I would like to also salute Cam Hayward, man. I, I feel like I didn't give him enough credit. 
for how he's played, especially when TJ was down. And when TJ's down, I know that's a he has to work extra hard, you know. But speaking of TJ, the outside linebackers I already talked about. It. TJ missed a lot of games, but his presence helps a lot. And with TJ missing a lot of games, you have Malik Willis in there. Um, and salute to Malik Willis. He didn't make significant impact, but he didn't get killed. Right? Don't die. Oh my gosh! Like don't he didn't really fold under pressure, right? He didn't get to the quarterback as much as you would like, but Rob, I mean, not Robert, excuse me, Alex Highsmith, who I feel was snub, who I feel was snub. Alex Highsmith was snub. I don't want to hear nothing else from anybody. The man was snub from the Pro Bowl. Now, he may get in as an alternate. I don't really know how it's going to work. I don't know if they play in a real Pro Bowl game. I heard I saw something say Pro Bowl games, and I said, okay, that may be interesting, but I don't know what that is. I don't know. Let's we'll look into it later, right? But Alex Highsmith is a guy. I believe he's top three, top five in sacks. How come he didn't make it? Is that on us, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, for not voting for him? Does that matter? I don't know. But Alex Highsmith, salute to you, my guy. I remember in the beginning of the season, I said Alex Highsmith is going to have a Pro Bowl year. In my opinion, bro, you had a Pro Bowl year. This year is a Pro Bowl year for you. And don't let the voters or anything or anyone else tell you you didn't have a Pro Bowl year this year. You held it down. And if it wasn't for one man, my opinion, you would have been team MVP. At least top three, you know. But, <laughs> but salute to Alex Highsmith. If anything, I will probably see we say that we will probably need more depth there, especially seeing how many middle linebackers we have. Um, I feel like outside linebacker is something we should do that with as well. Because imagine if we can give TJ and Alex Highsmith a, a blow to when they come back, it's, oh, my gosh. Right. And when we give them a blow, it's not guys that's like, oh, okay, they're not gonna really do too much. It's like, oh, okay, all right. We gotta worry about these guys too. And that's tough. I feel like we may have to draft guys like that or get a free agent that knows their role. <sighs> that knows they role and will shut their mouth. You know, no no hostages, no hostages. Just volunteers. And you know, that I think that would be very, very beneficial to the guys on the outside. But the guys on the outside definitely did their thing. When TJ was back, he was, he was still doing TJ-type plays. That I don't know what's up with Joe Burrow and TJ Watt, but Joe Burrow, <laughs> he I don't know. It's like the, the ball has a magnet to TJ when Joe Burrow throws it in that direction. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But... And then you have the back, the back nine, the back guys, you know, the corners and the safeties. The corners, you had a lot of injuries. Aquilo got hurt. Um, you seen James Pierre step up. We signed William Jackson. He didn't play yet. He may play tomorrow, may not. 
uh, who else? Levi Wallace. He got hurt a little bit. Missed the game with two a few. But we had a collective of guys, and you know the standard is Cam Sutton. Salute to Cam. And Cam, I don't know what's up with you, bro, but you dropped a lot of interceptions this year. And I know what you did in college, you know. So hopefully, you know, next year is a little better. But then it's the NFL. NFL is not college. I talked about it a little earlier. But Cam Sutton is definitely solidifying himself as the number one guy. I would still like for him to be the guy in the middle. And we, if we can get some, uh, not better guys, but we can get some guys on the outside. Because I think Cam does a whole lot more damage in the middle. In the slot. But guys stepped in and made plays when they had to. It was certain it was this is a couple guys I can't even tell you their names that came in and was making plays or, you know, was able to hold up their end of the bargain. And then you have the safeties. Terrell Edmonds, he got nicked a little bit. But when Terrell Edmonds couldn't step in, you had Casey. If um, Minka Fitzpatrick couldn't do it, you had Casey and Norwood. You had you had four guys back there, and sometimes we'll have three on the field at the same time. And I think that having so many guys available to you can be a plus, and it can be a negative, right? Positive and negative. The positives are. You can do a whole lot of confusion because you have a lot of talent that's able to do things, right? You can do a lot of, um, I feel like the playbook is much, much bigger when you have those type of guys, right? But if you're not the type of coach that understands how to make it work, you may be a little in over your head. Now, it's only one year with Terrell Austin, the, the D.C., so I'm gonna just give him the one year, and I never seen this many capable guys in certain positions that's able to play at any moment, you know, on one team, on one Steeler team, at least in my era, right? If I'm wrong, make sure you let me know. Make sure you let me know. But Mika Fitzpatrick. Salute to him. He won team MVP, rightfully so. He missed the game, I believe. Missed maybe one or two games, but he is a game changer. Every every interception that he had was a game changer. You know you have you know certain interceptions that it's just an interception and the offense don't really make nothing out of it. I can probably say a good 90% of Minka's interceptions were significant. Significant. Smart player. Very smart player. Jersey bred. You already know how Jersey athletes are, man. But the only one I can see that was probably other... The only one that I can see was making other significant interceptions like that in significant moments was Cam. You know, and all right, you know, we already gave him his flowers, but Mika Fitzpatrick, team MVP, salute to him, man. Um, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be all pro this year as well. I think he's the highest graded defender on our team, um, pro football focus. 
And if you want to say, and that's only because TJ, you know, TJ is hurt and stuff like that. I believe TJ would have been the highest, but Minka being right there is not too far. Because the guy's young still. And ain't we lucky we got him. Minka. I hope I don't get sued for that, but it's all good, yo. Shout out to Minka, man. We have the Browns tomorrow. If we win, we may be in. We just need some help from some friends. Shout out to Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's supposed to be starting for the Jets. Hey, yo, Joe, we need you, yo. We need you, yo. Do us a solid. Don't remember the times that you got smacked by James Harrison. Um, don't remember the time Ryan Shazier put one on you. Don't remember none of the times. Don't remember the time at all. Just go out there and play and win. Play the win the game. I know Herman Edwards ain't your coach no more. Well, you weren't there when he was your coach. But you have to play to win the game. And I hope y'all do that, man. The Jets need something. Y'all need to finish this season off strong. And, you know, we want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers play one more game. At least one more game. We want to see it. And if the Pittsburgh Steelers go in the playoffs and win that first playoff game, Oh, man. I don't know what y'all going to do with yourselves. And I'm talking about the anti-Tomlin train. I don't know what you're going to do. And shout out to Rich Eisen, yo. Rich Eisen said it before I could. And he said it the best way. Because I would have said it the worst way. But he said, if you don't like Mike Tomlin, you, my friend, respectfully are dumb. Dumb. And I agree 3,000%. I'll put your house on it. I'll put my house on it. I'll put the neighbor's house on it. I'll put everyone's house on it. All right. So shout out to Rich Eisen for that, man. I thought that was dope. That was dope. But y'all, man, this is an interesting year, man, for it to be after this season. What I'm going to do is I'm going to compare this season to 2004 season. You know, and just see how things fared out, man. And uh, because I remember the 2004 season and it wasn't too much criticism. But granted, you know, social media wasn't the thing it is today. So I may not be able to compare it in a certain sense, but I do want to compare it as far as quarterback play. Because uh, Ben's rookie year, he didn't have too many young guys with him. It was more so a lot of old heads. Or um, Kenny on his side is a lot of young guys on his team, on his side of the ball. But I do want like to make a comparison. If anyone want to take it and run with it, go ahead. I may steal your content. Say, no, nah, I'm joking, man. But, uh, man, guys, we may have more still football coming after Sunday against the Browns. I will make my predictions. Make sure you guys follow me. Everywhere at Kevizy K E V E Z for those who don't spell well, but you know I don't judge. Follow Stills for Seven Pod on Twitter. Stills for Seven Podcasts on YouTube. Subscribe. Stills for Seven Podcasts on IG. Follow, 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 follow. T 
TikTok, Stills for Seven Podcast, Reddit, Stills for Seven Podcast, Stills for Seven Podcast. Just type it in on your Google searching. Have fun. Have fun. But it's your man, Cavies. I appreciate y'all. Um, this has been a, a rocky year for me as far as putting out podcasts and content, man. But I appreciate everyone with the positivity, everyone that's checking up and things like that, man. And I would like to say it's only so long, so long that the fakers got with the opportunity to tell the real, right? There's a lot of fake media out there, um, but the real is back. Kevizi's back. And shout out to the other real ones that I rock with heavy. You know what I'm saying? It's only a few of us out there that's real. It's a lot of still affairs thinking they can do this thing, but they can't. It's too much feelings in it. It's a lot of um, DSing, if you know what I'm talking about, involved. But shout out to everybody that be keeping it real. You know, you already know who you are. And I'll be back. I'll be back. Still a nation. Here we go. Here we go. I say, here we go, still. Here we go. We out. Never going back, moving four years that though. Life always tough for the real, we don't crack though. Cause we always solid, I'm for real, this is facts, yo. Cause we always solid, I'm for real, yo, that's facts. Only time I switch is in the lane or the strap. Ten toes down, shorty head ain't worth a stack. BG cool niggas, don't be fooled, you get smacked and shit. Little niggas, fans of everything, they always clapping shit. The way these niggas move in the street, think they activists. Training since a youngin' with the gun, with the plastic tip. Some go for years with the straps, still ain't accurate. Cause they keep on shooting Marvel movies. It's a pack event, be a strategist, think clearly Nigga, why the fuck would you come near me if you a fraud type? I'd rather be on all white on a yacht, having the time of my life Venture gang, dog, we do strive to the top Y'all niggas, I gon' always flop cause you not solid Watch niggas change up when you stop pulling out that wallet Never going back, moving four years, that though. Life always tough for the real, we don't crack though. Cause we always solid, I'm for real, this is facts, yo. Cause we always solid, I'm for real, yo, that's facts. Only time I switch is in the lane or the strap. Ten toes down, shorty head ain't worth a stack. BG cool niggas, don't be fooled, you get smacked and shit. Little niggas, fans, everything, they always clapping shit.